What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Beneath the Beat Podcast. So before we get into the episode, we just wanted to take a second and say thank you so much for ending your year with us here at Beneath the Beat. It means so much that you took time out of your day to listen to this episode. So without further ado, let's get into it. Here is part two of our interview with Hannah Lane. I, that's super deep. Like religion, I feel like that's something where that happens all the time. You see so many people like, I mean, in this country, we have societally a really negative view of Islam and, mm-hmm. and that's something where it's like, dude, there's a couple people who are following a really bad dude. And now you're basing this entire religion off of it. But I mean, I know my, my dad is Muslim. And so I know a ton of Muslim people. I've never met a Muslim person. That's like a bad person, Mm -hmm. like just being straight up, you know? And so like religion, that's just such a, such a profound way to, to think about that, the uniqueness of spirituality and the uniqueness Mm -hmm. of religion. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, you grew up in the church. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I I can relate. I went to a a private school for a long time. Mm. I grew up in like a Lutheran church. What kind of made you expand out spiritually? Mm. Um, I'm going to try to give you the shortened version. (laughs) You can give us a long version. We can, we got all day. um, Rockford, Rockford is um, full of Christianity. And so that was always around me. And that's what I knew to be home and, and true for myself, because my family was Christian, too. Um, But (laughs) I was going to a church with, uh, with my family and just felt like, not super connected with it. And my best friend and middle school was going to this Baptist church and Mm -hmm. it was so much more fun because they went on Mm -hmm. these like sailing trips and they did so many fun things. And so I started going there and, um, they, um, one of the, one of the days they started, they were, um, they were talking about how homosexuality was a sin. And I'm like Mm -hmm. in, seventh or eighth grade you know like Mm -hmm. very mushy brain like capable Mm -hmm. of being formed in whatever way somebody wants to reach in there and form it um Mm -hmm. yeah and I was talking to my mom about it she was driving me home and she stopped the car she goes don't you ever say that homosexuality is wrong and I was like, whoa. <laughs> Your mom said that to you? My mom said that, yeah. Um, she's a social worker and just a great person as well. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. open and loving. Um, mm-hmm. But um, she had a friend who was is gay and went through years of therapy and is a Christian and tried to not be gay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then finally, like one day, just accepted who he was, yeah. and then found like peace and freedom in that, which is great and what everyone should do. Um, but I'm just like that moment will be with me forever because yeah. it, that was a moment that my mind started to shift about what I was being taught, and um, I started to question things more. Um, so. I read like this book, Love Wins, was a pretty controversial book in the Christian community, uh, written by Rob Bell. And he he talks about how um, many things that are in the Bible could just be um, alliterations, metaphors. Um, and like like hell was a place a literal place on earth where people would dump their trash in biblical times. Mm. And so Jesus compared like hell, the hell inside of you to being like this place where things are burning and it's terrible and there's suffering. Mm. Um, so that opened my mind to, to this idea that heaven and hell are just 
like inside of you. They're your experiences. Um, you can experience heaven on earth um, with, with your peace of mind, or you can experience hell with a chaotic mind. Um, so that was another pivotal thing that opened my mind. Um, but then in college, I ended up um, getting involved in this evangelical church. And I didn't really realize it was evangelical at the time, even though it was called Campus Crusades for Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's still some naivety in me. Sure. Yeah. Your brain, when you're getting to college, your brain is still mush. Your oh, brain is yeah. still like yeah. forming, developing. Yeah. Even though you think that like, because exactly. you're in college and you're an adult now. I got it figured out. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just like, that was a very intense experience at that church. I ended up, <laughs> I went on a, a, a trip with, um, with that church, a spring break trip to Panama city beach. My friend talked me into it. She was like, it's great. We just go and we worship. And then we, uh, talk to people on the beach. And I was like, cool. I like the beach. I like talking to people. <laughs> sweet. Yeah, sweet. That and they gave us these me. like little booklets that we had to like give out to people on the beach while they were mm -hmm. drinking and partying and sinning. Oh. Um, I was just gonna say, was there beer there? That would sound sweet. Yeah, and you know, I actually I was like, hey, why don't we just have a drink with these people and talk about yeah. And nobody was into yes. that. <laughs> wow. I know. That's like the first so, thing that I think of is like, just have like, join them and talk to them yeah. about life and their experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Which sounds way more fun to me than shoving something down somebody's throat. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So that was just like a very intense experience. I think I just kind of experienced like the extreme of what Christianity can be um and at the time like as i'm processing all this stuff i'm getting like negative feelings about the fact that i've tried to convert people on the beach i hated that that feeling of like ugh, trying to like shove what i think is true in somebody else's face when i honestly didn't even think a lot of this stuff was true like of course part of me like was still attached to christianity as truth but um other parts of me were experiencing truth in other ways and questioning that truth that um that i was being told so i was talking about that a lot with my friends and i had a friend who was just getting into yoga and she recommended eckhart tolle's book um the power of now uh, no, no, no. She recommended A New Earth. So I read that and that like, I don't know, that just connected so much more mm -hmm. to, to myself and like what felt like truth to me than Christianity ever did. So I started reading more books on, um, you know, like Taoist thinking and, mm -hmm. um, I, I read like Ram Dass books and Alan Watts and Eckhart Tolle started meditating and doing yoga and smoking more weed. And <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. It just kind of opened everything up for me. That's really yeah. what it feels like, like mm -hmm. not being held in this little box of belief. You know, like now I can, I can believe whatever I want to believe. Right. Yeah. Well, and just like in talking to you and your, your overall persona and your personality, you are 100% comfortable with who you are. And it is so apparent through like you, you went through these experiences and then you were able to find exactly where you, where you are, which yeah. is such a, which is such a beautiful thing but at the same time it makes me think about all the people that haven't done that yet mm -hmm. you know yeah. it's 
And the Christian part of me wants to save them. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wants to start sharing. Hey, these are the actual experiences that I've had. Yeah. Yeah. But like yeah. you would have a beer with them and talk to them as opposed to the. Yes. Anyway. Yes. No, I'm not. No. Beer I'm, is a sin. I I'm not. I'm not trying to convert anyone mm-hmm. anymore. And, you know, I actually realized that this summer that like some of that tendency to want to like um bring people into my experience and like like help them help them to see my truth which might be their truth you know that tendency to to feel like i know what's right and i know what's best for people is still there in some ways and i've started to notice that i'm like wow that's that's mm-hmm. my Christian upbringing. That's mm-hmm. that's like me feeling like I have the truth and I need to I spread it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. But really, like everyone just has to find their own truth. Mm-hmm. See, that's it's, that is the truth. Everyone's <laughs> truth. <laughs> you know? yeah. For real, though, everyone's truth is is so different. You know, like my mm-hmm. my grandparents on my mom's side are very devout when I was growing up, they were Methodist. Now I think they are more Catholic, uh, but they're very, very devout, you know, church every Sunday, all, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. And then my dad is very, very devout. He was the imam in my hometown when I was growing up. And, you know, he's the kind of dude who's never had a sip of alcohol, never eaten pork, any, any of that kind of stuff. And the thing is, is they are both that is both of their truths. And Mm -hmm. who am I to say that that is wrong? You know, and Mm -hmm. one thing that I really valued about, about coming up in that environment was where I was, I was in both of those, you know, I grew up going to the church and going to the mosque and that uh, having that, that, I guess, range of, of, I guess, truths being thrown at me, it allowed me from a young age to say, listen, I don't necessarily believe any of those, but you guys are both saying treat people well, treat people Mm -hmm. with respect. Don't Mm -hmm. be an asshole. (laughs) Treat your body well, you know, things like Mm -hmm. that. And I was like, okay. So that started to shift into my truth. And I actually, when I was in college, I also got really into like yoga and meditation. Mm -hmm. And I think that brings up a really interesting point of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to talk to you about what role mindfulness plays in your creative process. Mm. Yeah. Um, I really think that mindfulness is everything with music because you can be playing your instrument and like not thinking about it, but then what is, what's in that? besides sound there's no not necessarily spirit um so especially with writing i feel like um a lot of my writing comes from you know sometimes i'll just play around with with chords and sounds and then you know i'll be like okay that sounds cool yeah 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 um but i think like the main point of songwriting is to find that that openness where I'm not thinking about anything else and then things can just come to me and then I notice them and then you play off of that yeah Um, but if I'm thinking about something else like I have no space in my brain to allow new ideas to come through yeah oh actually there's this there's this great quote. I think I have it on my wall. Um, an Alan, Alan Watts quote. Mm. Creativity, pure sensation. Stop talking in order to have something to talk about. Ooh. Mm-hmm. If your brain's like going all the time, it's thinking about, oh, what am I going to eat for dinner? Which mine is honestly a lot of the time thinking about what I'm going to eat next. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then I have like, there's no room for me to experience 
the notes that I'm playing or um, no room to allow something, some new idea to come through because it's taken up space by talking. Yeah. You have to stop thinking in order to have something to think about. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's so true. Wow. That's just what so do deep. you what do you do like because I know for me there's so many different avenues like when you're a musician when you're a working musician you think about x y and z it's like okay blah 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 how do you how are you how are you able to just shut that all off and be in the present moment because that is something seriously that is something I struggle with yeah and it's something I struggle with too it's mm-hmm. um yeah some days it's really hard right some days I, my brain is so full of mm. stuff that I can't write any music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think to get to that space, meditation um, is a really good practice that I try to do. Um, or even like one of my goals this year was to use practicing like music practice as meditation Mm. so to be like Mm. fully immersed in every sound and every movement that I make so even like not just like playing but like feeling my body and like hearing the notes and I think that can be really relaxing if you let it oh absolutely Um, another thing I like to do is um I meditate on the chakras a lot. Do you know what the chakras are? Mm-hmm. I do not. Chakras are energy centers in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think it's a tradition of Ayurveda, I want to say, mm-hmm. or some uh, Eastern practice. Um, so there's seven major centers in your body. You've got your root chakra, which is the center where you feel... It's at the base of your spine and um, there's emotions that are connected to it, like your sense of security, um, feeling connected to things around you, feeling present in the moment, feeling here, like being right where you are and feeling that sense of safety and security. Um, Then there's your sacral chakra, which is more of your genital area. And that is the center of creativity and being able to go move with go with the flow of things not resist mm-hmm. what's coming at you but just just flow with it mm-hmm. um and you know come up with you know create and birth it's your birthing center um birthing ideas not just humans but ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and sounds and and all that stuff um And then your solar plexus is your like beneath your rib cage. And Mm. that is your your sense of strength in who you are, knowing who you are and showing that to the world. Um, Having confidence and like really embodying who you are. And then your heart chakra has to do with, of course, love, loving yourself, allowing others to love you and opening your heart to others. It's that two-way energetic exchange of allowing love in and radiating love. And then your throat chakra is your center of communication, speaking your truth, um, speaking up for, for what you need and what you want, and yeah, manifesting through words. And then your... Um, third eye chakra is is the center of visions and intuition so so having that that like that vision that psychic ability to see like where you're going what you need knowing exactly what you need in the moment um, and where you're going And then your crown chakra has to do with connection to the universe, everything else. So what I like to do um, to really center myself and to ground myself, kind of get out of my 
my overthinking. Um, and I like to do this before shows to really feel present with my own being and really embodied in everything is to go through the chakras and do vocal toning for each one. So with each chakra, there are Sanskrit words that resonate with them or even vowels. So I go through and I, I like focus on my root chakra and I chant. And I focus on that chakra and um, focus on that sense of stability and security. And then just go through the whole whole system. So that helps me to, to enter that meditative state. Yeah, I that's, that's beautiful. That's something uh that's something like as far as like getting in that meditative state, that's something that is I feel like very hard for so many people and so many creatives, you know, and mm -hmm. I say creatives intentionally not just musicians, but you know like writers, you know, visual artists, any anything like that where there's so many times where you put all in, you put all these hours into your craft and you get to a point where people are giving you recognition, but something just doesn't necessarily feel right. And mm -hmm. I feel like there has to be some kind of block somewhere, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. finding out how to get into that meditative space is, is really mm -hmm. hard. So yeah, <clears throat> thank you for sharing, yes. sharing that process thank you. with us. Yeah, That is beautiful. I'm where did you where did you learn that again? Um, I have a chakra meditation book. Mm. Actually, the thing that got me into meditation in general uh, was this app. I had an Android and it was this chakra meditation app. And mm. there were these 10 minute meditations that this beautiful woman's voice guides you through like like feel your sense of security and, mm -hmm. and feel the color red <laughs> um, start yeah. to flow through your body. So those, um, those really helped me to mm -hmm. get into meditation and to connect to my body in that ener energetic way. Um, so I was really fascinated by the chakras ever since discovering that app. Mm -hmm. um, and then my partner, Chris, has this chakra meditation book that um, I studied a little bit out of. And there's like lots of little meditations and like exercises you can do to connect to each one. Um, and then I also met this woman through a friend. Her name is Kimberly Harrison. And she is she calls herself a vocal empowerment coach, which I think is super cool. Um, and what she does, she does like coaching in more of a therapeutic way. So using your voice as like a therapy to yourself instead of oh, like trying okay. to be like a, like trying to be like Aretha Franklin, you know, you're just, you're just using your voice to connect with yourself. And mm -hmm. um, so she, I, I met her and took a few lessons from her and she taught me that chakra chanting and toning mm -hmm. i yeah. like i'm i'm inspired to do because i know i've i've kind of dabbled in meditation but i i at the same time i didn't know where to look or where to start um mm -hmm. so thank you i think yeah. that's i think that's wonderful i think that's wonderful for our listeners to mm -hmm. to hear too um, yeah Especially... And, you know, I would recommend trying different things, too, because maybe, mm. like, sitting and meditating might not be the way that you connect with that mm. space, but, like, you could even do, like, movement meditation and just, like, kind of float and dance around and just, like, feel your body, mm -hmm. um, or you could do singing meditation or playing meditation. Um, so there's so many different things, you know, breathing, yeah. breath work. That one's great right. too. How has this, how has like expanding out um, meditation, yoga, how is all, like studying? Cause you study, you study native American uh, culture. Um, how is all of that 
influenced your music? Mm, I feel like there is such a deep connection with all of anything that I have learned about my spirit or any or spirituality in general um, that's helped me connect to myself and who I am has helped has come out in in my music in some way um, and I think like the meditation I mean it helps me through life but it also helps me to be more aware as a musician about the notes that I'm playing how I'm how, how my posture is affecting my playing how my breathing is affecting my singing um, it's just given me like a deeper connection to all of that um, and a deeper awareness to of of everything yeah um, yeah yeah I I, I want to I want to I want to go practice that literally right now yeah <laughs> just no just being being in the moment like even yeah. you know you could do because I I I practice a lot. I practice marimba. I practice guitar. Mm -hmm. I practice a lot of drums. And the way you just explained it, there's there's a way I feel like I could still be mindfulness while playing mm -hmm. my drums. You know, drums, people associate drums with loud. People mm -hmm. associate drums with obnoxious. But it's like being mindful of what you're playing and how, like at all times it doesn't matter the instrument that you're doing. It doesn't matter what you're doing in general, just yeah. being more aware of yourself, I think is so important. Totally. Wow. Yeah. That was very, very inspirational. Yeah. yeah. But there, um, my, my intro to mindfulness was, um, it was actually at least the first I can like really remember thinking about mindfulness was, uh, it was because of a guy named Dominic Beringa. And mm. he's the saxophone player in Paddlebots. Him and I went to college together and he told me about this book, uh, The Miracle of Mindfulness. And he lent me the book to, to read it. And I remember in the first chapter, they were talking about doing the dishes to do the dishes. And that, mm. that analogy, like he's like, no, the reason why nobody likes doing the dishes is because you're always thinking about the cup of tea that you're going to have when the dishes are clean instead mm -hmm. of looking at doing mm -hmm. the dishes as a job that needs to be done and you are the one that is there to do it it's like yeah, yeah. it's like it, it totally it totally changed my perspective and that's something mm -hmm. that i feel like going through life you know not just music but like going through your day-to-day -day job you know like i sit at a computer all day for my job so it's like like doing that there's there's different things that you can be mindful of that mm -hmm. will will at least in my opinion will bring you joy you know having yeah. having that awareness of i don't know sometimes sometimes you just you just need to breathe and have the awareness of your body and have awareness of what you are doing i actually just mm -hmm. got i just got this this big <laughs> exercise ball that i I've been having like a lot of lower back pain. So like every, every day, a couple times a day, I'll like just lay over the ball and try and stretch mm -hmm. out my lower back a little bit and just come, come to grips with, with where I'm at, who I am, what I'm doing. I try to do that every morning now when I wake up before I do mm -hmm. like anything else. Beautiful. Yeah. I can feel I, that. Like I could feel that feeling of, sprawling out over the ball and it, it's really nice <laughs> yeah it's, it's pretty great it's pretty great it was a good purchase it's only like 10 bucks so 10 oh, bucks nice. well spent 10 bucks or like the the foam stuff that you can just kind of roll your back on it's like oh, oh i love I feel those. your spine yes. just open up so good yeah i've been I also up. really into epsom salt baths Oh really? Epsom salt. Epsom salt. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I'm I'm excited Epsom because <laughs> I I well what happened was I injured hand last year. Um yeah, that was fun. I injured my thumb. Yeah. So I could only play shows with my right hand. So Zach had to oh. fill in with a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I stopped playing but, trumpet with paddle bots for that time. Yeah. Oh. I was playing drums. But I <laughs> So I did the therapy thing, but then I would soak my hand in Epsom salts. 
And I feel like that was what made the huge difference. Yeah. It's amazing. It like, like, even when you think that you're relaxed, you've gone an Epsom salt bath then you're like, holy shit. All of mm. my muscles are so tense. And mm. somehow that salt just like gets in there and just like melts you. Wow. That, yeah, that's, that's crazy. I've actually, I've never done anything like that. Like no injuries that I've soaked my hands in Epsom salt. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely try that. I have a big old bag of it, Zach. Oh yeah. Big old, big old bag of Epsom salt. Big old bag of salt. (laughs) You can get it. You can get it. You can get it at Costco. Oh, I never thought to look at Costco. Yeah. It's like huge. It's like massive. Oh, I need that. Oh my God. I'm going to do that next. Yeah. Yes. It's so good. Is I there take like a lot of salt baths. Is is there mm. like a ratio that you're supposed to go for? Yeah. What's the ratio? Um, I don't know. I just I pour have, it in there. I've been suggested like an entire pound of Epsom salt, <laughs> but wow. I've never used that because it like I like to make my stuff last and I don't want to be <laughs> spending like fifty dollars a month on epsom salt yeah so i don't usually do the pound yeah <laughs> I just kind of toss them in there and whatever seems yeah right have right. have you ever tried so you we're talking about salt bath that's where i get this weird thought but sensory deprivation tanks oh, i've heard wow. of that yeah, yeah. I've, there's I've, some in grand rapids actually yeah like i right think there's there. one in detroit too I've always wanted to try one. I hear it's a very crazy experience. Yeah. Yeah. I want to try it too. Especially when you're on psychedelics, apparently. (laughs) Uh, Dude, I don't know if I could do that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I could do that. I'm going to try it sober first. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Definitely. Because I mean, you can have like psychedelic trips just from being in a sensory deprivation tank for long enough you know mm-hmm. like I've, yeah. I've heard those stories where this yeah like, like out of body experiences yeah, yeah yeah like that'd be that'd be so wild yeah yeah i i've i've i actually first learned about sensory deprivation tanks from joe rogan mm-hmm. when he did the uh uh i mean i don't know if you guys saw like the netflix special about dmt and all yeah. that like yeah, um, I don't he, know if I watched the Netflix one. I've seen, I think I saw one on Amazon. It was, mm-hmm. D, oh no, maybe it was Netflix. DMT, the spirit molecule. That's yep. exactly it. Yep. Yeah, 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 I saw that. And he talks, I, he talks about that a little bit in there. And I was, I just, I've been always intrigued, but I've never, I've never been had the opportunity to try it. And I think that'd be fascinating. Yeah, fascinating. Well, there's, there's this. Um, there's this whole study. The government is actually running this study right now, as far as I understand. Oh, so you know it's going to be good. <laughs> well, well, no, it's it's a study about using psychedelics for therapeutic purposes mm. and mm-hmm. using them as like psychological healing agents where people who like soldiers that come back from war and are like mm-hmm. crippled with PTSD, you know, can't leave their house or yeah. people there, there was this one woman on a show that I watched who was diagnosed with like stage four cancer and then had completely recovered. And she was like paralyzed with anxiety of the cancer coming back. And mm-hmm. she was like, so I went to this therapist and I participated in this thing and we took psilocybin and I have never struggled with anxiety since then. And uh, there's, it's, it's this show called, uh, I think it's called like the Goop Crew. Goop it's Lab. Oh, Goop Lab, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so nice. cool. Like that's such a, yeah. such a cool concept. And I'm all for using Netflix yeah. things. There's another Netflix series now called Unwell. And it's about mm. the... Um, wellness industry and talking about you know the scam in the wellness industry but also the benefit of um of all of these new new age things happening um and they actually talk about they have an episode on ayahuasca which is very similar a lot of people use it um to combat addictions okay and it's helped a lot of people Mm -hmm. like break out of that yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's also one thing that's like really going back to like, everyone has their own truth. It's like everyone there's, there's going to be a different way that everyone can, can find a way to get better, even though that's, mm-hmm. that might not, that yeah. might be an antidepressant for somebody, but that mm-hmm. might be, you know, a psychedelic trip with a therapist for another person, you yeah. know, like yeah. there's, there's all these different things. I know one thing that's, um, that's helped me in the past was uh cold therapy where oh like an ice bath yeah Ooh, but yeah. did you watch that episode of goop Life? yes that's why i started doing it that's <laughs> why i started the wim hof yeah oh, i gotta watch so that good. now oh yeah dude, you it's do so that good. one's fascinating it is it is and i'm somebody who like if, if anybody who knows me like i hate the cold i am mm-hmm. not a yeah, creature same. of the cold mm-hmm. but i tried it and it's like for, for me, I mostly do it like in the shower in the morning where I'll like mm-hmm. take my shower and then at the end, I'll turn the water all the way cold mm-hmm. and just try and try and stand there and breathe and, you know, mm-hmm. like let everything happen. There was one day where I was like, I woke up and I was exhausted. I like got three hours of sleep. I did not want to be up, but I had to work and I got in the shower, you know, did my thing, did the all the way cold water i stood there for like 45 seconds and i got out and i was so awake and i i was just like i literally was laughing at myself i was like (laughs) crazy like like, it's a crazy experience it definitely does that to you yeah yeah Yeah. i uh man that sounds well i remember when i was um so zach and i were both a part of like um drum corps which is like basically professional marching band and you tour the country uh and you rehearse 12 hours a day and you just like work on your craft uh immensely yeah it's like very technique driven very Mm -hmm. technique too technique driven in my opinion but anyways opinions um, (laughs) opinions we would like getting in an ice bath afterwards we would get ice baths afterwards and it's like whoa this is miserable but then you get out and you just feel like all the pain that like on your joints because you're like working a lot all the pain in your joints everything just kind of just goes away it's pretty amazing that is amazing Mm -hmm. i wonder what it is like what the science is behind that yeah i don't even tony but probably reducing inflammation maybe like it reduces a lot because the wear and tear on your like especially daily it's like the wear and tear on your your body it's like there's a lot of built-up inflammation i think that cold just kind of yeah. same with the epsom salts i think it just kind of reduces the inflammation so mm-hmm. there's less like tension and all your on your tendons and bones and muscles and yeah. i don't know yeah. i'm talking on my ass right, right now <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, have, have you guys ever heard of tony robbins no he's like not. he's He's somebody who's, I mean, he's huge in the business world. He's really big on mindset and, and changing your life for the way that you want to live and getting yourself to the point that you want to be. And that's like really what he does. It's like, it's like life coaching seminars, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's really, really profound the way that he talks about his mindset. And he's like, every day when I wake up, I have a routine to change my mindset. He's like, I feel like the only way that I can change is to take 10 minutes for myself to make sure that I do that, whether that be like running or he has, I mean, he's super, super wealthy. So he has this like, like, I think it's like a 50 degree straight up and down. He's also like seven feet tall. So it's like eight Mm. feet deep, just like single person pool that like he'll jump in in the morning. It's like so cold, wow. and he's just like, "Here we go!" Like, it's like <laughs> and he, yeah. And he does these like different breathing Woo! techniques, and he like he sings, and like mm. there's there's footage of him doing all this, going through his routine in the morning, and it's like mm. that's <laughs> y- your body is. I feel like it's connected to everything that you do, whether you think it is or not. Like, if you are hurting, then you're not going to be in a good mindset, right? as well yeah. as if you're not in a good mindset, then maybe your body can, you can do something that will change that. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's wild. I've been taking um, these classes online, just free YouTube classes um, by a guy named Sundar Ayer mm. and uh, they're yoga classes. 
and he he talks so he he just goes through the class and then at the end you do yoga nidra which is you know lying down in shavasana and then and drawing your attention to like one area of your body and allowing it to just relax completely and to withdraw like connection with it like Mm. withdraw your mind from it Um, but he says that true yoga and yoga is the unity of of spirit with body with everything right Mm. Um, and he says true yoga happens not while you're doing the asanas and the poses but um, during yoga nidra so the asanas, by doing those stretches and those poses, it prepares your body to be able to let go and relax in this deeper way, which then also prepares your mind to, to allow it to let go and, and to let go of all attachments and everything and to transcend, essentially. Yeah, yeah. that is... That is such a hard thing for a lot of people to do is just let yeah. go yeah let go, well, let go of practice, control though. yeah it is yeah. it is and that's what i feel like i feel like there's so many people who have tried yoga and meditation for a mm. little bit and then didn't necessarily feel anything from it so they just stopped mm. and it's like yeah. it's it's practice to get yourself in yeah. that state definitely is yeah yeah, yeah. how do you <laughs> this may be a a dumb question, but like, how do you practice that? Practice yoga? How do you like practice? Yeah. Yoga, but like letting go. How do you practice letting go? Mm. I mean, this is for me personally, this is so hard. So I was just Mm -hmm. uh, like, how do you, how do you practice that? Yeah. You know, I have moments too, where I can't stop thinking of one negative thing that happens and then my brain fixates on it and then I'm not present the whole day and I'm just like in this blob in this storm of negativity um I think that yoga helps me by going deeper and connecting to my breath and going deeply into these poses that can be painful it's like I'm practicing going into the pain to let go of it. Mm. (laughs) Um, So I think that helps, but also, you know, a couple for the past couple weeks, I've had some weird feelings. I think probably just about everyone in this country has been Mm -hmm. feeling some, some weird stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But a lot of negativity I noticed in my own brain, my own thoughts. Um, And I picked up this book that my mom had given me a while ago called Hardwiring Happiness. And um, it's about rewiring your thoughts. So our brain, we still have this like primal instinct to, to react and like freak out when something happens that kind of like throws off our vibe because we're we're used to this like fight or flight you know back Mm, in the wild mm. back in the day we needed that in order to survive but now we have all these resources and we really don't need that part of our brain as much as our bodies think that we do Mm, um mm. so it talks about rewiring these thoughts because that's why we have these negative thoughts because it's reacting and it's trying to protect you but since we don't need that and peace is more of what we need now um it talks about the way to do that is to start taking in the good around you and have have a good experience enrich that experience and really notice everything about it and then let it sink into your body And by taking in this, like, this good, you're taking in this positivity that can allow you to not experience that negativity as deeply Hmm. as you could. That kind of reminds me of, like, the concept of CBT, cognitive cognitive behavioral therapy, where it's like, it, it goes 
specifically off of what you were just saying, where mm -hmm. you have these reactions to like certain scenarios or situations. Mm -hmm. It's like having the awareness to identify that reaction, look at it, and then switch it. Yeah. Like in that moment, like, okay, so mm -hmm. this just happened. My, my reaction right now is anger. Mm -hmm. So I'm feeling anger. This is why I'm feeling anger. How can I flip that? Mm -hmm. And then that creates yeah. a habit of like, it, it re -pro it re it creates new pathways neural neural mm -hmm. neurologically neurologic neurologically it creates these new pathways yeah i think um, it's similar too with like mm -hmm. zen mm -hmm. um you know that practice of non-attachment mm -hmm. you know you maybe notice that negative thought but then you don't like hold on to it you just allow it to pass through you. Yeah. Which is so hard. <laughs> it's yeah. so hard. But it's, it's so practice. hard. But it's exactly. It's like any any other skill set that. Oh, no. Uh, but, hold, can you hold on oh. for a second? Oh, wait. I'm good. I think some earwax just like. <laughs> I love when that happens. Oh, oh you love so it, next, Andy? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love when earwax just. So fun. Yeah, it just goes, or do you guys ever get that? Like when all of a sudden you're like just hanging out and all of a sudden like your right or left here would just go. Yeah, this might just be me. No. Yeah. I don't know I what that is that either, too. but it's. Um, uh, I have one of my friends, his fiance is like just about to finish her doctorate in audiology. And I was talking to her about that. Cause I was like, am I going deaf? Like I listened to loud shit all the time. I was freaking out. And she, I forget what it was called, but you know, um, that tinnitus. Yeah. Tinnitus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she said, it's like, it's the same exact thing, but like, like a intermittent form of it that every person has mm -hmm. like that, that happens to, mm -hmm. to everyone, whether you listen to loud things or not it's just that's good to know oh, that <laughs> that's good to know that makes me feel better <laughs> yeah i yeah. heard and i think this was when i was young so it was probably somebody making something up i hope <laughs> um but i heard that it's a uh, like when you get that ringing in your ear it's that frequency is leaving you permanently and you'll never hear it again <laughs> i've heard that too i have also heard that i've heard that too. i have also heard I, that i've heard like uh, like when you get done and uh, i mean is it a myth? Like, I don't well, know. I don't, yeah. Because I've heard like you like get done. I don't know why I was doing this, but like you get done, you, you, get, uh, done, you get done drumming. This yeah. Is, you get done drumming, drumming or like playing and drumming like, happens or like at a concert and you have that ringing in your ear after it's like that ringing in your ear is like you're erasing pitches that you can hear. Well, I don't know. That, I've heard that same thing. That That is different though. than when it happens like randomly, because oh, yeah, if yeah. your ears are ringing after a concert, and again, I don't take me at my word, but I did talk to an audio, well, an almost audiologist about this because again, because I'm worried he's like, he's like, like my best friend and I've known them since we were babies. And, and so every issue that I have, it's funny, he's a nurse and she's like an audiologist. So like literally every issue that I have, I'm like, Adam, what's <laughs> happening? And they're probably super annoyed with you. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> probably but if if you hear that ringing like after like a concert or after a gig or something like that that means that there's some amount of hearing damage and what um uh, my friend who's studying to be yeah. an audiologist her name's ellen so what ellen said is one day because you know usually it's like it's like you get out of that gig and you're driving home and you're like oh whoa ah okay mm -hmm. yep that's there yeah. and then you go to bed and you wake up and it's fine right she right. told me that that's like tinnitus she's like that mm. so one day if that keeps happening one day you will go to sleep and you'll wake up and it will never stop oh. <laughs> and i'm like i'm no. like oh and yeah and that's why she she's always like she's like just no. bring earplugs bring earplugs and you'll be yeah, fine. yeah. and there's some really good musicians earplugs out there like i know i mm -hmm. i use those erasers which mm -hmm. like cuts the frequency spectrum like yeah. evenly mm -hmm. those those are great and that 
for me, I like going to concerts more when I have those because it's like mm-hmm. eliminates the the like. Yeah, and, you right. can actually hear the music a little bit better. Yeah, well, like yeah exactly. Like Hannah, like what you're what you have right now, the in ear mm-hmm. monitors. It just cuts out all of yeah. the all the extra noise that it could cuts think. out everything except for right. what I want. Yeah, which exactly. Is usually, just my voice and a low mix. Right. Yeah. 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 So what what monitors are those? This is uh, the Shure somethings, four twenty fives for sure. I think Haruki sure. has the the same for sure. For sure, <laughs> that was punny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think Haruki and Tez both both have those same ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I have nice. the. Uh, the advanced audio i have like the lowest level because again broke but um, but uh they're they're cool i actually went to a drum show in chicago and they had a booth set up and so they did like like custom molds for me which oh nice yeah when they mail them i've got them right here somewhere somewhere there they are in my box of things yeah just like they came in this little case and then got my custom molds and everything so those mm, those are sweet. sweet yeah i would love that these fall out of my ears a lot and i've actually broken two of them from accidentally stepping on it yeah yeah <laughs> yep just so sad that's the thing music is uh music can be expensive <laughs> <laughs> very ex- there you go there you go (laughs) well cool hannah thank you so much for being a part of this we thank you for inviting me yeah this has been wonderful we've learned so much um it's been very enlightening um and just appreciate your time and for everybody hannah lane check her out on facebook uh uh, Instagram. She has a website, handlingmusic.com. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Okay. And uh, her band Earth Radio just came out with a new album, Reanimate. Uh, if you check further or earlier in the podcast, we play a little snippet of that. You do not, you do not want to miss it. You want to listen to this album. It is do amazing. not sleep on it. Streaming on do every not. major platform. They've got stuff up on YouTube, <laughs> Spotify, Google Play, Apple Music. Check it out. Check it out. Check it's it done. out. All the things. Yeah. Thank All you so much, things. Hannah. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you guys. Mm-hmm.